In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we thank you for today, September, I mean, December 19, 2021. We give you all the praise and honor for bringing us together once again. We pray, O oh Lord, that God, you continue to enable us. And those who watch and those who listen to the podcast, Lord, that we may become doers of your word, O oh God, not just hearers. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon all who have tuned in to watch. May God continue to bless and enlarge your cause and bless and protect and preserve your families. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. We welcome you to our live broadcast today, December 19, 2021. Instrumental is taken from our brother Caleb Brassi. May God continue to bless his family. Bless him and his family. Today's topic navigating a chaotic world, a chaotic world. Last Sunday, we concluded our series on walking with God. And we encourage you, if you missed any of those broadcasts, to go to the YouTube channel or our Facebook page or our website, worldevangel.com, to watch the whole eight-part series. We also encourage those of you who are pastors and Sunday school teachers and preachers to use our materials freely. Use them freely that have been given to us and freely we give to you. Use them. Access the website, articles, books, whatever it is. Please share with your people. Use it to train them, bring them up to love God first and to shun the world and to stop being greedy. You need those teachings to help them to see that those things are in God's word. You need to counter the false messaging in our present world. So today, our topic is very crucial. And I urge you all to pay attention. The outline. Anything goes in the 21st century world. In our world today, anything goes. To beware the so-called good causes. Often there are traps, there are Trojan horses to snag God's children into joining what they shouldn't join. Three, followers of Christ are a chosen people and they are Christ's ambassadors to the world. Praise the Lord. Anything goes in the 21st century world. The 21st century world is in utter confusion and disorder. There is confusion everywhere. Don't believe anybody who says he's well. He's not. Anything goes in this world. It is truly a wild world. People and nations do what please them. Anything, every person, everybody, of the 8 billion people on earth, has his or her own truth. When something inconvenient happens, that's something that doesn't fit into the assumptions. People tend to create their own set of facts. When I meant 8 billion, I'm talking the adults who are listening, not the kids, so that may be less than 5 or 6 billion. Adult people in the world turn around to use their created facts, often lies, to convince themselves of the rightness of the assumptions. 
at the national or country level, nations lie to each other and to their own citizens every day, not some days. Some countries lie more than others. And let me state this very bluntly. Every country in this world has its citizens in one prison or the other. It's not always physical prisons, okay? Some of these prisons are physical, some are not. Those citizens who have embraced the lies of the ancestors, you know, many people believe that our tribe it was a superior tribe. Our race was a superior race. And this is how most of them committed genocide. But they present it to their children and grandchildren and their follow phobia and their, those who are coming after them that they were the just people. They have ancestors who are right people. They could have been armed robbers, criminals, crooks, murderers. So when you believe such worldview, you're already in prison with untruth. You're in prison with lies. Racists, hegemonists, tribalists. The examples of those in prisons of hate. Because when you're in such prison, you hate the other. You hate those that don't look like you, that don't talk like you. So you're in prison already. In prison of the pre-understandings and presuppositions created by your ancestors. There is a breakdown of law and order in all the countries of the world. And some more so, in others less so. But more problematic for those who are of the world is the breakdown of order in the world. There is no that confusion. There is no sharing. There is nobody in charge of the world. Some nations pretend that they are, but they are not in reality. The affairs of countries and the world are run by a very few people some thought of democracy have you heard that word democracy yes as the best form of government but it's a lie democracy oftentimes caters to the powerful and the rich so it falls short because truly there's no true democratic government in the world so we can we call them pretend democracies Totalitarian governments, that's dictatorships, though they are worse than pretend democracies, make no pretense of their intentions. They are very overt in what they are doing. The interests of the dictators and those of their families are paramount. If you oppose them, you die. Natural interests are there to serve the interests of the dictators. It is in this chaotic world the children of God, followers of Christ, citizens of heaven, live in. That's the world we're living in. That's why I situated the matter. That's the world you and I are in. So for God's children, learning how to navigate this world, which have been sorting by its problems, can be very challenging. And many of God's children have been sorting because they listen to their fleshly sentiments and their emotions rather than the Holy Spirit. They allow their Trojan horses, so-called good causes, to detract them 
from the only cause and mission that matters for a follower of Christ. Only one mission. Only one cause. Preach the gospel of Christ. Teach Christ's doctrines. And live accordingly. That's all. That's our mission. There is no other mission. Those who allow these Trojan horses to influence their lives forgot biblical warnings about followers of Christ making common cause with unbelievers. Because unbelievers are your spiritual enemies. That's why many of them backslid and lost their place in the body of Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ commanded you and I to go into the world. Preach the good news of his sacrifice. That sacrifice that made God the Father to forgive whosoever believeth and accepts his lordship. Praise the Lord. The Lord just said he asked his followers to join us to the world. I continue to emphasize this point and fight the world's causes. Rather, his followers are to use the gospel to challenge the world, to challenge its ways. To challenge his causes, whether good or bad. The world has enough unbelievers to fight for those things that they believe in. Fuller's of Christ should leave them to do that. Follow and do God's mission. Forget the world's good, so-called good causes or bad causes. It's not your business and my business. Item two. Beware the so-called good causes. We're going to talk about a few. They are Trojan horses. They are meant to snare you and I into making common cause with the world. What does the Bible say? Leave the dead to bury their dead. Leave the world to hash out and fight for its own causes. Leave them alone. Some believers have joined political parties and groups conversing ban on abortions. Before long, They are burning down abortion clinics and sometimes having people killed. Tell me, how right is that? That is not what Christ called you and I to do. Christ didn't call us to be activists. Abortions wouldn't have been necessary in many instances if you and I had been preaching the gospel and living a sanctified life. We could have reached some of those seeking to terminate their pregnancies earlier. And they wouldn't have conceived in the first place. Had we preached and had they believed, they would have seen the need to keep themselves chaste until marriage. The next cause, the environment. That's another area where the world has gone to extremes. They can and should. That's the worst way. The world will always go to extremes. They have no circuit breakers. Followers of Christ shouldn't make common cause with them. Christ didn't ask you and I to join our spiritual enemies to fight environmental causes. Let me say that I know that there's climate change. I know. And that human activities have contributed to a worsening of the environment. I know, 100%. But is a worsening environment what is wrong with our world? That's nice. No. 
The world, as we know, it is passing away. Someday all these things we think are beautiful and good will be obliterated. Not by human-created poisons like carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide, but by the act of God. That's the point I'm trying to make. So why join environmental causes that will bring no dividends? Because there's nothing to eat. The world will not be destroyed by the environment. Yes, we are causing more problems and bringing more illnesses. But truth be said, leave the world to fight that battle. Followers of Christ are called to battle spiritual pollution and rescue those in bondage to the devil and the world. They are not called to battle physical pollution. Differentiate. Battle spiritual pollution, forget the physical pollution, leave it for the world to fight their battles. I wouldn't put those opposed to vaccinations. Hear me well. So-called anti-vaxxers in this category of so-called good causes. You know, some people think fighting to make sure there are no abortion clinics are good cause. No problem. Environment is good cause. But this one is not a good cause. However, it is here. Those who oppose vaccinations are deceivers. It's a very evil cause. In fact, anti-vaxxers, that's what we are going to be using as those who oppose vaccinations, are promoters of death. We added anti-vaxxers in this category because some of the champions of anti-vaccination are your pastors and general vaccineers who have hundreds of hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of followers listening to them. Their stand and opinions have caused many of their followers to refuse COVID vaccinations. The result, many of their followers have died from COVID because of them. Most of the pastors and general vaccineers who have discouraged their followers from taking COVID vaccinations are the same ones who promote worldly prosperity. They tie worldly prosperity with anti-vaxxers. And you have a good segment of anti-vaxxers Pastors and Jehovah's And I'll tell you when the opposition started. It started when governments passed laws stopping meetings in public places to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. They took umbrage, that's a took offense, as they could see that no church services meant no money coming in every Sunday. So they asked their followers to ignore the laws. And to continue attending services in defiance of the public health advisory against that. Are you aware? You may not be. But are you aware that attendees to some of those buildings called churches became infected with the virus and died? Even some of the anti vax pastors got infected with the virus and died too. But you didn't hear such stories, did you? If you have been watching our broadcast or reading our article or books, you know that we have been very consistent for more than 20 something years. We have asserted that those pastors and Jehovah's who preach worldly prosperity are not of the Church of Christ, for the enemies of the gospel. They belong to the Church of the world. 
Greed underpins their messages. Their preaching and teaching is always about the flesh and how to make it in this world. That they are championing anti-vaxxers or the anti-vax movement is not surprising. They want people to be attending services in their buildings so they can be collecting offerings and tithes. That's the reason. There is no other reason. Don't ever believe them. Their stand and opinions have caused many of the followers to refuse COVID vaccinations. They are causing problems. They are causing people to die. The blood of those people on their heads. If you're a child of God and you attend services in buildings called churches, I don't care what denomination name it goes by, where the pastors are always talking about tithes and offerings, but they have never asked you and other members to get vaccinated. Please do yourself a favor. Live today. I said, live, don't wait till tomorrow. Live today. This is the time for well-informed, spirit-filled followers of Christ to speak up. If you're a child of God, a medical doctor, you're a scientist, you know the principles involved in vaccinations, in creating of the vaccines. Speak up. This is the time to speak up. Call a spade a spade. Stop hiding. God didn't give you those opportunities to become something in life so that you can be hiding and pretending. Speak up in your churches. Speak up wherever people are. Encourage people to go and get vaccinated. Let me ask you a question. What do you think happens? If a rich jet-owning pastor and a poor member of his church get infected with a virus. I want you to think about that. What do you think will happen? The rich pastor will enter his Range Rover or Rolls Royce, head to the airport, if he's in Africa, land somewhere in Europe or the Americas, enters a great hospital where the best doctors in the world are in attendance. He can afford to pay for designer drugs that will get him well in a very short time. Please pay very great attention. Then the poor member who gets infected will likely die since he or she might not afford the medical bills. But he she didn't need to die. Has she taken the vaccine? Has she been vaccinated? He she could have lived has she been vaccinated. And here's the wicked part. When that rich pastor returns from his journey to Europe or the Americas, he announces to his large congregation that the Lord had healed him. Praise the Lord. Everybody shouts hallelujah. He then proceeds to attend the poor member's funeral. Wickedness. In his sermon at that funeral, look, he tells the mourners. Oh, that this beloved member died because it was his time to die. It was the will of God, he concludes. If you're one of those pastors or Jews, please repent. This is the time to repent. The God we serve is watching you. Scripture, please. Revelations chapter 13, verses 15 to 17. The second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast, 
so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads, so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. Praise the Lord. This is Revelation chapter 13, verses 15 to 17, talking about the time of the Antichrist. The argument some of them have used is that it could be part of the mark of the beast. When they read these scriptures, what did the Lord tell us? They received a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads. When you go to be vaccinated, they do it on the left. Your children have received vaccinations in the past. Vaccinations they start today. God who sees everything knows that when the time comes, watch it, when they not tell you to take something on your right hand, even if it's water, refuse, tell them, put it on the left or on my leg. Or I'll they tell you, put it on the forehead. I don't care what I refuse at that time. That's the only thing you can use to know whether this is the mark of the beast or not. Say they receive it on their right hands or their foreheads. Some of these wicked ministers of the gospel will tell you, oh, maybe the devil had that and changed his modus operandi. It's a lie. The devil cannot change things God has said will happen because God already saw it happening. That's why he told us. So any pastor preaching, telling you not to take vaccination, is not a child of God. He's a killer. Many have died. They tell people are not dying. People are dying. If you live in the Americas or Europe, you know that people are dying. They are dying in Africa. But who is counting? People hide them and bury them. You say, no, there's no COVID in my area. It's a lie. It's they are killing people and people don't know or they do not hide the fact. What shall we say about those who claim to be Christians who support homosexuality? That's another so-called good cause. Some of these Christians even call themselves pastors. So the question is, which Bible are they reading? Which God are they serving? Some followers of Christ, especially those with my type of skin, darker skin too, who see themselves as being marginalized, identify with the gay lesbian movements. Because they say, oh, they're marginalized, that we're marginalized, so we identify with them. So they make a common cause with them. Is that what Christ called you for a believer of Christ to do? When did it become right to associate sin with the gospel of Christ? When did it become right for you to promote sin as being right? How often have you, who has identified with the gay lesbian community, all other guys have been marginalized. Why, why don't you make common cause with adulterers, with thieves, with rapists who flaunt their sins so poorly? Why don't you make common cause with them too? And say they shouldn't even go to prison. We're not saying homosexuals should go to prison. No, I'm simply saying it's not your business. God hates that sin. Hates all sins. But that sin did bring problems for people. Scripture, please. I read from Genesis chapter 19. 
verses 1, 4, and 5. The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. Verse 4. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrendered the house. They called to Lot. Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Praise the Lord. That's where the word Sodom, Sodom came from. Preacher, that city has got destroyed in the world. He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of this very grave sin. Men having sex with men. Or women having sex with women. In Romans, you are going to see that too, in Romans chapter 1. If God hated that sin and did bring fire from heavens to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, why do you think that sin still doesn't attract judgment? So let us be very clear. Leave the world if you want to fight and join homosexual movements. But not for you if you're a child of God. And if you say you're a pastor, you're not a pastor. You are a promoter of evil and sin. Let's go to another very important item. Followers of Christ are chosen people. If you're full of Christ, you're chosen people. Scripture, please. First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. But you're not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Praise the Lord to easily navigate this chaotic world. Hear me now. Number one, if you're a child of God, you must know who you are. So who are you? Verse 9a told us that. Say, you're not like that. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You belong to the royal priesthood of God. You're a holy nation. You are God's own very possession. That's who you are. So while in this world, remember you are in the world, but you're not of this world. You are a heavenly citizen. You are God's, you belong to God. Therefore, number one, know who you are. I'm a child of God, chosen by God. I'm a royal priest. I'm of the holy nation of God. I'm God's own possession. That's number one. That's number one, know who you are. Number two, you must reflect Christ and the goodness of God at all times. You cannot say, I know who I am, but then you are reflecting the world and the world's values. No, that's where 9b comes. In verse 9, he says, as a result of your being a child of God, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So light and darkness can no longer commingle. Number three, be merciful and be compassionate. 
Because you know, and that's what verse 10 says. Once you had no identity as a people, you are once an unbeliever. So you must have compassion for the unbeliever. But don't join them in their sin. Hate the sin, but love the sinners. By preaching the gospel and having compassion so that they do not end up in the lake of fire. Remember, you didn't have mercy before this verse 10 says. Now you have received God's mercy. That's why you and I must day, night, night, day, continue to appeal to God. Pray to God for mercy, for opening doors to reach our unbelieving neighbors. Number four. Remember that you are a foreigner with temporary resident status in this world. That means you are not a permanent resident of this world. You shouldn't aspire to engage in the governing of the world. That's where many believers missed it. We have to join politics. We have to. It's a lie. You don't have voting rights like permanent residents and citizens of the world. They can vote. And they say, don't vote. If you are late to vote, go ahead and vote. But I'm simply telling you what God's word says. If you're a temporary resident, in many countries, you will not be allowed to vote. So if we're temporary residents in this world, should we really vote? I don't know. Sometimes I've had to vote, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Reading this Bible now. Because that's verse 11. Say, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from what it desires to wage war against your very souls. Number five. You have to know if you have to navigate this chaotic world. Remember that living honorably glorifies God. So you have to live with your reproach. And you must not engage in worldly activities that dishonor God in any form at all. Which is why we say during those so-called good causes, you are dishonoring God. Because that's what we call you to do. Let them do their work. They may be good, but that's not the point. The point is, it's not for you because you're making common cause with unbelievers. And that's God. Is against. Verse 12 says, Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, which they will often, they will see honorable behavior in their hearts. They know. And they give honor to God when He judges the world. So, continue to live honorably among them. But if you join them in doing those things they do, you are not living honorably, you are living dishonorably. Number four. You are Christ's ambassadors. Citizens of heaven are sent from heaven as ambassadors to the world. What does ambassador do? He promotes the interests of his nation. So you are Christ's ambassadors sent from heaven to promote the interests of Christ and the kingdom of God on earth. That's what you and I are called to do. We are ambassadors of Christ. Scripture please. Scripture please. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. Praise the Lord. The word of God said it. That's what we are. We have to tell the world. Be engaged in ambassadorial duties keeps you busy. Because if you are really doing God's work, you don't have time for the things in the world. You won't have time for much else because you're an ambassador doing the business of your kingdom, doing the business of your king, doing the business of your God. Let's get up, please. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 20. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Praise the Lord. Paul is in prison. 
job, he must continue to do the work. What does that tell us? No matter your circumstances, rich, poor, in between, you didn't eat or you, didn't, or you ate. You ate too much or you ate too little. You are bound to always represent your king and his kingdom. You cannot use your circumstances and say, I couldn't preach the gospel today because I was hungry. I didn't do this or that. I didn't pray. No, no, on no account must you allow circumstances to derail your calling and derail that which God is asking you to do every time, every moment in your life on earth. Praise the Lord. You have had it. You need to have all these if you want to navigate this world successfully. Know who you are and live righteously. Because so long as you are doing the commands of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are living righteously. No man or woman will tell you you are not. Because the God who has called you knows you are living righteously. If God says you are righteous, then you are righteous. Period. So we are going to sing a song in the street by and by. Always remember there's a land that is fairer than day. And by faith, we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. In the street by and by, we shall meet. You and I on that beautiful shore with our king. In the street by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. That's what you should have to have in your mind and ignore the world and do the things your king has called you to do. We shall sing on that beautiful shore. What a glorious day it will be. The religious sons of the blessed and our spirit shall sorrow no more. Not a sigh for the blessing of rest. Thank you, Jesus. In the sweet by and by, thank you, Lord. You and I shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, you and I shall meet on that beautiful shore. Father God, I pray. All who hear my voice today, none will be lost in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. To our bountiful Father in heaven above, we offer our tribute of praise for the glorious gift of his love, Jesus, and his blessings. The hallowed days. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, Lord. In the sweet by and by, Father, may we all meet. We hear my voice today on that beautiful show. And remember this day as we sing that beautiful melodious song that you are going to give to your children with a mark that Christ Himself has put on them, with a new name, a new name that honors and glorifies God. Father, I give you all the praise, all the honor. For all who have watched today, may your blessings follow them this week. May your countenance shine upon them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, you are God. Blessings, glory, and honor to you, Lord. Empower your children to go forth. Let them not be cowardly. To go forth and stand for the king and the kingdom. Remembering that that glorious day is coming. That glorious day on that beautiful show when we all meet and sing songs of joy. Father God, wherever they are passing through, Lord, open the eyes of your children today. And even the children who will come who have not known you when they see or watch this broadcast, Lord. When they come into the saving knowledge of God, may you, Lord, O oh God, empower them to do right and to live right. 
to preach right and to talk right and never to be afraid of the world to speak through to power because you are the citizens of heaven that they will not be embroiled in the things of the world things that continue to distract them from knowing and, and serving you faithfully I must in the blood of Jesus I plead plead oh Lord and my God that your cannot shine upon them this week and always that your blessings will continue to follow them your power will never envelop them Lord and nothing shall by any means Touch, hurt them in Jesus' name we are praying. Amen. Thank you, Father God, for you are God and I worship. In Jesus' name we are praying. By His grace, we we'll see you next Sunday. Please do the work of the evangelist. Preach the gospel and live in accordance to it. Read your Bibles. Have a fellowship with you. The Lord God who saved you and I. Blessings. <laughs>